Good evening, everyone. Um, tonight we're going to do a um, kind of like an experiment, I guess. I'm going to try to plot on the air, and we'll see how long that lasts before I get thoroughly distracted by something that happens or something that I think, and then, you know, it just goes completely off the rails. Anyways, <clears throat> okay. Um, I can't say this person's name. We're going to go with Lee. I'm going to call you Lee, okay? Um, said on my Ask Anything page, you have said many times that you are a plotter. Do you mind telling us something about the process of how the plots take form in your mind? Like, do you get a major idea, the high point of a story, then start adding bits around it, or do you get a small idea? The whole question is um, available on the thing. Um, to start my plot, I normally ask myself a question. Now, I would say 99 times out of 100, I ask myself a question. And... Um, The sorry, I, I got distracted by the chat room already. Okay, um, the question that I've asked myself for tonight's plotting is: What if James Potter left Britain with his family and told no one where they went? Now, the ramifications of that can be huge. I mean, that's just huge because number one, there's no one available to betray them. No one knows where they are. The world's a big place. Voldemort isn't going to be able to search for them across the entire fucking planet, not even with magic. He couldn't find them in Britain without somebody betraying them. So, you have to ask yourself, what happens if James removes Harry from the equation? Now, the question becomes, in my story, is Dumbledore a force for good? Is he a neutral chaotic? Is he a bad guy? Is he just as bad as Voldemort? Where does he fall? Is Pettigrew already a Death Eater? Or did he fall into that trap later than he would have if Harry had been in Britain already. When did Peter start down that path to becoming a Death Eater? Did it start in Hogwarts, or was this something that took place before or after he was given the secret in the original canon? So, the first question I have I think I really need to answer, is Dumbledore a problem? The answer is yes. Dumbledore is always a problem. One way or another, Dumbledore is a problem. Whether he is trying to fight for the good or the bad, when it comes to Harry Potter and this prophecy, Dumbledore will always be a problem. So their first problem is Dumbledore. Now, Dumbledore believes in this prophecy. He wants to make it happen because he wants to defeat Voldemort. And he has 
narrowed his focus so much on this prophecy that he believes that is the only way that Voldemort can be destroyed. So Dumbledore and the prophecy. <clears throat> I'm writing that down. I always write on. I always plot on paper, and I don't know why I've I've done it since I was a kid. Um, I even still have some of my plots when I was very young. They're terrible, but I still have them. And um, the paper is yellow and old, and you know how paper gets when it gets really old and it's really crinkly. And I have them in Ziploc bags. Shut up. <laughs> it's like I'm archiving myself for when I'm amazing and famous and people want to do a museum. I'm just kidding. I have an obsessive compulsive disorder. I stuck my old plots in Ziploc bags to keep them safe. That's just what I do. Um, <clears throat> anyways, it's a big story, Ziploc bag. You know, not one of those little... It doesn't matter. Okay, so the first problem is Dumbledore and the prophecy. Um, and his obsessive desire to see it through. He, he, I think at that point when the prophecy is delivered, he is just as obsessive on its um, coming to pass as Voldemort, one way or another. The second problem, of course, is Voldemort. He's going to be a problem always because of the prophecy. How long are these two men going to allow James and Lily to hide with Harry before they start plotting to draw them out? And how are they going to draw them out? And both of these men are connected through Severus Snape. Now, Severus Snape is a problem as well. He's a problem because he's obsessively in love with Lily. And James has taken Lily away. Not only has he married her, he's taken her out of the country so Snape can't even see her. He has totally removed her from Snape's world. This is going to build resentment in him that, in a different way. This is a different kind of resentment. And he is going to be plotting with Dumbledore and Voldemort to get the, the Potters back in Britain. So that's happening in the background. Meanwhile, James and Lily and Harry are living in... Fuck it. They're going to live in France. I think France is beautiful. Um, so, so the Potters are in France, living beautifully. And no one knows where they are. Senna suggested Narnia. I almost like just tossed it up there just to see. But the thing is, is, I've never actually read those books, and I avoided the movies because I didn't want the movies to ruin the books for me. Um, Erebor is much too violent. <laughs> I'm thinking a nice small little town out of the way. They're living under a Fidelis. James is the secret keeper. They're just living a small, quiet life. Um, maybe, you know, just, they're just living, they're just living a very small life. I think that, um, that they wouldn't go far. I just, I don't believe they would go far. Uh, 
those of you who are listening to this podcast in the future, um, my chat room was full of ideas about where they should live. Um, Airbor, uh, New Zealand, um, uh, New Zealand seems to be really popular. Yeah. Um, make a big, I think they could live in the Hobbit Village, but it doesn't actually exist yet. Uh, I do, I want to keep them close for, for a variety of plot reasons. One, um, I have to decide whether or not James' parents are dead yet in my story. Two, I have Sirius and Lupin and Pettigrew in Britain. How far does James want to go from the action? Because he has to be able to keep a weather eye on the war. How much of the how much of it is getting out? How much war information is getting out of Britain? Is New Zealand, Australia, or Canada too far away for him to keep an eye on his enemies? So I think um, strategically, he's going to want to be close enough to keep an eye on what's happening. Um, I think he would avoid um, a place like Ireland or um, just... But France is not part of the Commonwealth. Um, France would probably have stronger laws about transportation in another country magically uh, based on what's happening in Britain. I just, I, I feel like France is my choice. So I'm going to go with France. And um, we'll see how that goes. And the thing is, is because this is just my plot, if France doesn't work for me later, I can go back up and scratch France out and put something else there. That's the beauty of working your way through a plot um, this way is that none of your decisions are concrete. Uh, you, you don't have to make uh, commitments and write them on a stone tablet. Always, always, up until the point that you finish your third draft or your second draft or whatever and you post it somewhere, and even honestly after you post it somewhere, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Ten years from now, you can decide they should have lived in New Zealand. Get on your website and change it. It's your shit, and you're an adult. I'm an adult. Anyway, they're in France. Because I just feel like that's just a really good choice for me, um, as I've already explained. Okay, so... Where am I going to start my story? I'm going to do a prologue where... Dumbledore tells the Longbottoms and the Potters the prophecy. James makes one choice and Frank makes another. James takes his son and leaves France and and leaves England and tells no one. They go they leave Hogwarts and they leave immediately. Then they leave everything behind. They don't even go home. Frank goes home, thinks about it. And tells the biggest busybody in Britain that his son is a squib. So all of Britain thinks, including Voldemort, that Neville is a squib. (laughs) 
this creates a foundation for the belief in canon that Neville was a squib. Like everybody thought it even before he got to Hogwarts. Why is that? Could it be because they were trying to push that rumor out to protect him when he was little? So I give that that rumor room to fly. Neville's safe. Voldemort isn't going to bother with a squib. Neville, Neville doesn't even exist for Voldemort at this point. And it keeps Frank and Alice in their right minds and safe. And I don't have to focus any more on that. And I can just you know move away from that. That keeps um, Neville in the story, um, keeps him safe, keeps him with his parents, and maybe his grandma won't go off the deep end. Excellent. Neville's got a great start, except for that whole thing where everybody thinks he's a squib. His letter is going to be a surprise. Oh, they'll have to, oh, see there? Okay, I'll have to make sure that Minerva hides the fact that Neville is on the books for Hogwarts because Dumbledore cannot know that Neville is on the books. So Minerva helps the Longbottoms keep Neville safe. The end result of this is that Frank focused on his own child to protect his own child inadvertently hyper-focuses both Dumbledore and Voldemort on Harry Potter. Um, Hyper-focus on Harry... It's really weird to to talk about this and write it at the same time. So if I if it gets a little awkward where I'm writing, sorry in advance. Um, <clears throat> but I thought this would be just an entertaining way to answer this question. But if you're not finding it entertaining, then obviously you probably already turned off the podcast and told me to kiss my and told me to kiss your ass and double worded your computer and said, "Oh fuck, here, what were you thinking?" Anyways, I think that. Um, Harry would be a, uh, someone in the chat room asked, hyper-focused or obsession. Um, for Voldemort, Harry Potter was a hyper-focus. Dumbledore is the one obsessed with Harry Potter. And it is ugly. It's an ugly obsession. I mean, I would actually say that in some respects that Dumbledore is even in canon more Harry's enemy than Voldemort ever was because at least Voldemort never pretended otherwise. I mean, you know, Dumbledore didn't, I mean, Dumbledore pretended to care. He pretended to care what happened to Harry and led him right down the path to suicide. So, Okay, don't get me off on a tangent. I'll, I'll I'll lose the plot. Literally, I will lose the plot. Yeah, Voldemort just wants to kill him. Dumbledore, you're absolutely right, Claire. She says that Dumbledore tortured him for years, and that's absolutely true. That Voldemort just wants to kill him. Dumbledore seems intent on his utter destruction, and there is a big difference. Okay, <clears throat> so. What we have here, or what I have here, is James and pa- James and Lily and Harry living a small life in France, and um, 
They're getting comfortable. It's been a couple of years. Lily has gotten pregnant again. There's a, there's another baby. Um, James is watching the war unfold in Britain, and it's pretty bad. It's it's getting really bad, and he uh, occasionally sends letters to the marauders, but they can't respond. Um, and so he doesn't really know what's happening with Sirius and Lupin and Peter, um, and really only knows that Sirius is alive because it hasn't been reported in the papers. <clears throat> and Sirius is in a pure blood family, so it would pop up in the papers if he was murdered, like it did when his brother was murdered. So I have to ask myself at this point, am I going to write Horcruxes or not? Because parts of me doesn't want to. I don't want to write about Horcruxes. So, but then the other part of me thinks, if I don't write about Horcruxes, it just kind of, like, when I do what I do, it's going to, like, what's left? Hmm. Okay. Anyways, I'll get there in a minute. <clears throat> so... <clears throat> I have my hyper-focus on Harry from both Voldemort and basically from Dumbledore as well. We have Severus Snape playing both sides. He's got, um, he's obsessed with Lily. He's really hyper-focused as well on Harry Potter for a different kind of reason. Uh, so what brings, and I need, okay, I need to bring James and Lily back to Britain. Lily will be a few months pregnant. Harry's five years old. So it's been five years. I'm going to do five years. Five years is five or four. Uh, I'm going to do four years. Four years. Lily's a few months pregnant. They need to come back to Britain. Why do they come back to Britain? Well, there's only reason, one reason why they would come back to Britain. They think the threat is over. That Voldemort is gone. So, how do I accomplish that? Is it Dumbledore's plot? Or is it Voldemort's part, plot? Oh, Claire has got, got me right there. Claire says in the chat room that Voldemort fakes his own death. Yes, maybe. Or I could play on the history of the Ministry of um, of Magic being an utter bitch face. And, okay, Peter is a Death Eater. Peter. D-E, Death Eater. Um, Polyjuices himself as the Dark Lord and lets him get captured. Lets himself get captured. Polyjuices to V gets captured. So the Ministry of Magic announces that, that they've caught Voldemort.
Yeah, that is a question. How long would the ICD, ICW let that shit go on? But see, the thing is, is how long did they let it go on with Grindelwald before they they did never. They never came in with Grindelwald. Um, yeah, it will have to be a variant of Polyjuice. You're absolutely right, Dark. Um, a really strong one that will last a while. Uh, and then Peter can escape with his The question becomes, is when did Dumbledore become the leader of the ICW? That's an interesting question. We have to, I have to ask that question to myself later. So I'm going to put a little note. ICW. So I can circle it and answer that later. Okay. So they announced that they've captured Voldemort. The world rejoices. But the polyjuice is only going to last, say, let's, let's, um, hmm. Now, let's not use polyjuice, because polyjuice has a established canon thing. Let's, let's have Snape invent something special just for this, some kind of, um, metamorphosis potion, um, He's supposed to be fucking brilliant, right? He can do it. <laughs> so, Snape is going to invent something. I'll brainstorm that particular thing later to make Peter Voldemort for a period of two weeks. At which point, he'll be able to um, transform into his little rat form and escape the cell that he's in. Or wherever he is, you know, because they don't know. It's Peter, and even if they did, they didn't know Peter wasn't an, an animagus to begin with. Okay. So, they've captured Voldemort. Snape is confirming to Dumbledore that, yes, that is Voldemort, that they have captured Voldemort. James and Lily they're going to go to the goblins they're going to come back they're going to come back and go to the bank to confirm they're going to find out what the goblins think about this um, with the goblins, and they couldn't risk a communication. They want actual talk with the goblins in Britain about the capture of Voldemort. Everyone believes that they've caught him based on Snape spying, Dumbledore's assurances. And I think that even if Dumbledore suspected that it wasn't Voldemort, he would still say that it was. Because you're absolutely right. The guys in the chat room are saying that he would want the prophecy fulfilled. So he's going to um, confirm and agree with what's happening in the ministry and say, yes, announce to the whole fucking world we've caught Voldemort. It's over. 
I think that James doesn't trust Dumbledore because um, that's why he's going to go to the goblins instead of to the ministry or to Dumbledore. He's going to go to the goblins and say, hey, what do you think? Have you seen him? Do you think it's the real thing? Are they fucking around? Um, The goblins have been told by the ministry that they have caught Voldemort. This is going to be important later. So the goblins are going to say yes, as a matter of fact. It is Voldemort. We've been told this. It's official. It's an official document that the ministry has sent us. They have lying to us would have huge consequences. They're not lying to us. They have caught Voldemort. James and Lily exit the bank. I need them to go to London. Yeah, they 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 need to be in London. They need to go to London. So I think probably a confirmation in France. Or like Paris, and then um, then come to Britain. So there'll be that a, a double. So well, Dark asked the question in the chat room, and no, I don't think um, Sirius would be at Grimwald Place because his mother's still alive and she's a cunt. She didn't die for, like, ever in canon, like, in the mid-80s, late 80s. His grandfather's still alive, too. His grandfather's still alive in ni- um, all the way up to 91. So, the serious, you know, he didn't go to jail, so he's he was already working um, in the DMLA um, as, I can't say that word, as an R, R. Anyway, so, um... He's doing his thing. I need this to take place on the alley. I need the confrontation to take place on Diagon Alley. I, I think that's important. Um, okay, they're saying in the chat room that Walberga, ever how you say her name, died in 85. R or. R or. Really? That's kind of awkward. R or. R or. Magical cop. <laughs> now see, that's even or or really, that's even worse. <laughs> or or, I really. Magical cop. We're going to go with <laughs> magical cop. Because <laughs> that's just. <sighs> or are. That actually sounds better. Oh, um, or are. That sounds better. How do they say it in the movie? Do they ever say it in the movie? Anyways, fuck it. Magical cop. Okay. So, <clears throat> after they've confirmed it with the bank. James and Lily come back to Britain. Um, They arrive through the bank in Diagon Alley. They leave the bank. Snape sees them on the alley. 
and because Voldemort has promised not to kill Lily, he contacts his Dark Lord and tells him. Contacts V. I've started putting Voldemort down just as a V, so he's starting to look like an STD on my plot. <laughs> I just threw it out there. It's just a V. <laughs> or R. Or R. Fuck it. <laughs> Magical cop. <laughs> okay. So. Voldemort. Arrogant as fuck. Just. <laughs> bad boys, bad boys. <laughs> cop theme. Stuck in my head, too. Thank you, Sana. <laughs> the MCs, absolutely magical cops. Okay, so Voldemort, arrogant as fuck, so he's going to apparate himself right into the middle of Diagon Alley. Thinking he has the potters trapped. Why would he think that? Because Snape has trapped them. Some kind of anti-apparition ward. Yeah. I'm going to go with an anti-apparition ward. And then they've already left the bank, so where would they be coming from? I think that um, since they've been gone so long, you know, Lily would want probably just to visit her favorite store ever, which would be, of course, Flourish and Blotts. Um, Actually, horcruxes are going to be a thing because I need to <clears throat> I need to have room for later on in the plot for something more interesting to happen. Um, <clears throat> but I really want to fuck with Dumbledore's head game a little here. So <sighs> Voldemort tries to kill James, and they duel. And he's an above-average dueler in canon, and I, I, think, I think that's how they talk about him. And he's, like, a really good transfiguration. So, Voldemort and Potter are dueling. And Lily is going to watch this for, like, all of 
two fucking minutes before she pulls her wand and drills a hole in the Dark Lord's head. Just boom. I just, I love the idea of her just putting a piercing charm through his head when no one's expecting it. I love that. That makes me really happy. And nobody fights fair when you're fighting a dark wizard. So why should she just let her husband just have his little thing? Lily kills the dead. I'm going to underline it. Dead. But I need to mark Harry. Mostly, mostly dead. You're absolutely right. He has to be mostly dead. So how do I mark Harry? Um, these race spirit. Escapes his body. Hmm. Well, now, see, we can't destroy his wand, because if we destroy his wand, that takes away the brother wand concept that I might want to use later. I like the idea of it, but it takes away one of my um, potential plot points for later with the brother wand. I'm on the fence about Harry taking a killing curse um, and surviving it. Like, Voldemort appears and fires the curse and hits Harry, and both James and Lily respond. Thinking that Harry is dead, but he's not. Puts Harry having taken the killing curse and surviving it. Now, see, I never, you know, that's just not explained well in canon. Um, the canons that Lily's sacrifice saved Harry. I. She's not like not the first mother who ever took a killing curse for her son. So what else was there? What else happened? What did she do? It wasn't just her protection that did it. Otherwise, the killing curse could have been neutralized a long time ago just by somebody stepping in front of it and saying, I'm going to die for everyone so the curse will never work again. 
Because J.K. Rowling does it in the last book. When Harry dies for everybody, Voldemort loses the ability to use the killing curse on anybody. None of his curses land. And that's a ginormous fucking plot hole. You could draw, you could, you could, you could like drive one of those big Alaska monster ice machines through it. I don't know. Was it because he was the master of death? Was it because he mastered the Elder Wand? Or was it because Harry had died for everybody? Was it just love? It's so unexplained. I always find it really annoying. Uh, in Phoenix, I have a plot point that's coming up in Phoenix uh, that, well, it's actually already come up for the readers, but Hermione is completely unaware of it. In Phoenix, I have Harry actually immune to the killing curse. But I never explain his immunity. And I could explain his immunity in this. Okay, so Sirius was not a magical cop (laughs) in canon. Um, Okay. Um, So, how does Harry survive the killing curse? Yeah, we have a phoenix and a magus, um, which would could make him theoretically immune to the killing curse. Um, the master of death, he could be immune to the killer, um, the, the the curse, but he hasn't. He's one of the. Per, one of the brothers reincarnated. Reincarnated Merlin. Hmm. So, okay, what if one of the potters or an ancestor of one of the brothers did unite the ho- the hollows? The hallows. 
a magic sink and he absorbs all forms of you know that's interesting because I did that magic sink theory in um in um my Lord of the High Elves where Harry is half elf um and his father took a dark curse and absorbed it and that's why he had to leave the magical world because the British Ministry of Magic wanted to study him Oh, oh, I should plot with you guys more often because I just had a really interesting idea watching you guys um, talk about it in the chat room. Um, earlier someone said, what if he had a phoenix that took the curse for him? That still wouldn't allow Harry to have actually been hit by the curse and be a survivor of the curse. The Killing Curse doesn't have any connection, canon-wise, to the the Master of Death mythos or the the, the Hallows themselves. Um, of course, canon really isn't in my bailiwick anyway. But what if? Well, the thing is, is I don't think that. He has to physically mark Harry in order for Harry to be marked. You can mark somebody for death just by deciding you want to kill them. Right, he has to mark him as his equal, but that doesn't actually have to mean a physical mark. Um, Just that he's decided that Harry is his equal has put the prophecy into play. Oh. The see the thing is, is that right now at five or four years old, Harry is not Voldemort's equal. They're not equal. He has the potential to be his equal, but they're not currently equal. So, you could say, even in canon, that it wasn't so much Lily's sacrifice that made the Killing Curse um, backlash, but Voldemort trying to circumvent a prophecy, and prophecy smacking him back for it, fate giving him a gib slap. I'm knocking him out of his body. <laughs> Which actually makes more sense to me than him just being surviving because his mom loved him. Yes, she loved him, and yes, she died for him, but I just don't feel like that's really enough to stop a fucking killing curse. I, I never did. You can twist a prophecy, but you can't break it. And if you break it, there are consequences. If you break a prophecy, there are consequences. Um, 
In fact, that is the whole premise of my unspeakable plot story, where Dumbledore breaks a prophecy, and the result is the death of magic. Jilly says, what if the, how do you say that, Peverell's? They are, they are, they are related that way, um, Peverell's. To stop fighting over the Hallows, they cursed their line so they couldn't kill each other. Both Tom Riddle and Harry Potter are related to the Peverell's. The brothers. But if that's true, it would prevent Harry from killing Voldemort later. It would prevent Lily from killing Voldemort on the alley because she would be a a potter by um, by marriage. And it would make the prophecy about Neville. I don't want to do an alternate boy who lived. I think that it has to count. Otherwise, it would be easy. Okay, I'm going to go marry this woman over here, and then you're going to kill my two brothers for me so I can have all the hallows. See, that that doesn't work. Um, Okay, okay. Think a little bit. Think a little bit. See, the whole point um, when I'm plotting is to try to like my, make my mind just go in a whole bunch of different directions at once. I did think about that, Jilly, early on when you guys were talking about it. And I actually have it written down that when his wraith escapes his body, that he goes through Harry. Um, trying to kill him, even when he doesn't have a body. Um, Jilly said in the chat room, what if Voldemort's shade goes, passes through Harry, and leaves his magic in some fashion. Yeah. Oh, he could leave his parcel magic, which would give Harry parcel magic, which I love to play with. It's my favorite thing. Um... And it also gives Dumbledore something to rail against because he'll be all about, oh, he's going to go dark. We have to do this. We have to do that. He was possessed by the devil, <laughs> you know, because Dumbledore's got to be Dumbledore. Um, maybe it does wake up, wake up his parcel magic. Okay, so escapes his body and goes through Harry. I don't want that whole um, plot line where everybody thinks that Harry is continuously possessed by Voldemort. So I think I do want, like, the Wraith to try to go into Harry and... 
somebody needs to respond immediately. Someone needs to like throw a um, an exorcism spell at him immediately, just to get, get to get that out of the way completely. Moody, serious, serious, yes, yes, serious. Remus. <laughs> Hero Ito. He will make an appearance. He will make an appearance. Um, unexpected. You're right. He is the thinker. He is the thinker. And it would also um, clear the way for people to start thinking that maybe werewolves aren't, you know, it would. Yeah, I'm going to go with Remus. Um Maybe they were going to meet Remus and Sirius on the alley. The three of them were going to meet up with the Marauders on the alley. And so they witnessed this go down. Or they arrived just just as this was happening. Um, so Remus is going to knock Voldemort out of Harry. Okay. Now, that leaves me with Peter undiscovered as a Death Eater. Peter is a cunt biscuit. Okay, so... Peter is actually in a cell. They can't find Peter right now because Peter is in a cell, and that's how they're going to find out that Peter is a fucking Death Eater. Because Peter's still in that damn cell pretending to be Voldemort, but Voldemort's still in the fucking alley. But yeah, he's a poser. He's a poser. And he's been discovered. They don't know who it is. They don't know who it is, but he turns into a rat and escapes. And when James finds that out, he tells them that it was Peter. But it's too late. He's already gone. I, I'm gonna need. I want to leave Pettigrew for later. I'm, I might need him. Yeah, I'm, I might need him. So I'm gonna keep him for later. Okay. Um, <clears throat> for potion ingredients, it's, it's entirely possible. Scrabbers lives. Okay. Um, that leaves me with Lily killing the Dark Lord. That makes me laugh. Um, and Remus saving Harry for all the world to see, basically. That's going to help. That's going to help him out a lot, despite the fact that he's a um, a, de- uh, a a werewolf. Okay. Now, ramifications. The Ministry misled the goblins who in turn lied 
accidentally to James Potter. Don't want to do the Lord and Lady thing. I love that. I, I love that whole noble thing. I, I really, really do. It's like my favorite trope. But I've never done a Lord and... Huh. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I have to. So they they they're all in a position to um misled uh Lord Potter, so they offer him um <laughs> it's a whole new world. <laughs> um Oh, I've already decided who I'm casting as James. I'm going to cast that really pretty redhead from Doctor Who as Lily, and Matt Boomer is going to be James. And I'm going to have his parents be dead. Who is that really pretty redhead from Doctor Who? Because she is gorgeous. She plays the pond lady. Well, yeah, her. Um... That's a done deal. I mean, I already have that in my head. Okay, so the goblins. Offer Lord Potter. The role of patron. As a apology for being misled. Karen Gilliam. Is that right? I'm going to write that down. Karen G-I-L-L-I-A-N Okay Yeah, she's just beautiful She'd be an awesome um, Lily Potter Her eyes aren't the right color But that doesn't matter Because I bet I got somebody that can fix that for me (laughs) See, already in the chat room, Julie's offering to make her eyes green for me. Thank you. I love that image that you got, Julie. It's my favorite one so far. I love it. It's beautiful. Um, <clears throat> oh, no I. You guys aren't helping with the spelling. Is it G-I-L-L-A-N or I-A-N? Well, I'll figure it out later, bitches. Okay. 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 So. Now. I have to make another decision. This is basically. I got about. This is probably 30K. Of story here. So what am I going to do? How am I going to. Um, yeah I'm about the 30k mark. Maybe a little more. Maybe a little less. Depending on how much. Um, talking we do in the bank. Now I have to ask myself. Do I want to do a series of novellas do i want to do a um like a 
a multi-part book where like part one is the destruction of Voldemort and then part two Harry starts um, Hogwarts having been raised by his parents so I have to ask myself that question do I want to do a series of novellas and for the record even though I'm plotting this guys with you on the air this may or may not happen and if it does it may or may not happen the way I'm currently plotting it because um, my first plot is basically my rough draft plot and I will normally plot two more times before I start writing because I'm kind of psycho about it. I'm at stage one and I don't start writing to stage five. So um, <laughs> take nothing in this to heart. And please don't ask me about it. And no, it does not have a title. Because if I give it a title, that's something you guys can ask about. <clears throat> so, what are the ramifications beyond <laughs> Harry Potter not in Narnia part, book one? Absolutely, that's exactly what happened. Um, what are the ramifications for the ministry being misled and Dumbledore backing it up. Who is he going to blame? He's going to blame Snape because Dumbledore is all about number one. So he blames Dumbledore blames Snape For the V capture deception. <laughs> it looks more like an STD every time I write it. Let's see, Bagnall was the. Um... Was the minister. So, okay. What happens? Dumbledore is going to escape any kind of blame by blaming Snape, his spy. The goblins are going to apologize to, to Lord Potter by making him the patron. But they're going to expect some kind of um, That's right. And Barty Crouch Jr. never goes to prison. That's an excellent part, Dark. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, so in the midst of them capturing Death Eaters... They capture the Lestranges and put them in jail. Let's just put them in jail. They need to be in jail. Because um, that shit. They're bat shit. They, they don't need to be running around Britain. Um, so let's just put DEs go to jail and I'll make a list later of who that is and then I'll make a list of who escapes prison. Among them, Barty Crouch Jr. He won't be one of the ones that gets caught. Um and because he's not caught, when the goblins demand 
a new minister, Barty Crouch Sr. becomes the new minister for magic. Yeah, he was. He was very militant. Um, he's a good minister for it because he would be all about catching all the Death Eaters um, while completely overlooking his own son. Okay, so that happens. Okay, and what are the ramifications? Um, let's take... When did Dumbledore become the supreme mugwump? Whatever, ever how you fucking say that. Um, do we have a date on that? Because it's it's, it's unclear in canon. Okay. Um, I'm going to have him lose that position. Um, Dumbledore loses ICW position. Over Voldemort Miss. Over the Miss. <laughs> I'm going to laugh every time I, I, I write that because the Miss sounds even worse. It even sounds worse, like a worse possible STD you could possibly get. Okay, so he has, um, when, when did he become the Chief Warlock? Was he already the Chief Warlock? I'll let him keep that and I'll let him keep Hogwarts. But he's going to lose the ICW because I need Hero Ito to be the Supreme Mugwump. Hero Ito takes his place. And he'll come to um, he'll come to Britain to meet Harry Potter. I like the idea of that. Him coming to Britain to meet Harry. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> yeah, Hero gets all the ass. He gets all the ass. Just all of it. Um, Make sure everybody gets there. You're absolutely right, Senna. We all need to get our uh, our VMS vaccines just in case. Um, okay. So, I have plotted what essentially is... If, if I add all of that, I've added another at least 35K to that. That's that's 35K. Um, and what you'll learn um, if you start plotting is that you will learn... Um, how many words it takes you to work out a concept, um, what a scene is going to cost you in your word economics. And so you will start to determine, okay, if I have 24, if, if I have 25 events or subjects and ideas to cover, that's going to equal about 35K. That's what I know about myself. And you will learn to do that over time. 
if I had Voldemort's spirit kind of explode when it leaves Harry, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Anyway, it would definitely be a V-mess all over the fucking alley. <clears throat> I think Dumbledore is going to arrive after the fact. Um, and he'll be pushing that whole... Uh... See, the thing is, is it will be a boy who lived issue because he will have taken that curse first. That's what starts the fight. He takes a curse and survives it. And I still haven't figured out why he's going to... Did we already talk about why he's going to survive it? Have we have we talked about that? We we didn't talk about it, but you guys discussed it a lot in the chat room. But I did not make a decision about um, the idea. I had an idea that you guys spawned through your discussions, but it floated away, and I didn't write it down. <laughs> Clean up on Diagon Alley. We got a V mess. <laughs> Um, if I put James in the position of being the Earl of Gryffindor, which is my usual spot for the Potter family when I do that trope, um, I think that, um, it would, uh, cut off a lot of Dumbledore's power, because Dumbledore's not noble, I I never write him that way, and he wouldn't. He would have a hard time trying to take a nobleman's child from his, especially his heir. Um, no, that wasn't my idea that the the Perevals can't kill each other because that negates the prophecy, um, which I've built this on. Because if Voldemort can't kill Harry because of the, neither can Lily or Harry can kill him I like the idea of something to do with the phoenix um, which I think we've established is really the only is, is that really the only animal in uh, the Harry Potter canon that's basically immune to the killing curse can dragons be killed with the killing curse So, okay, I need to brainstorm this. <clears throat> okay, so. How does Harry survive the curse? Nundus require multiple wizards to control and stun. But the killing curse is just unblockable. So, and the phoenix has impact with the curse. It makes them regenerate. <laughs> That'd be so cute if he's just sitting there in a little pile of ash. He turns into a phoenix. Ha, ha, ha. 
<laughs> That'd be so adorable, but then I wouldn't have that whole thing where Voldemort goes through him. <laughs> that really amuses me that he's sitting there and he's a little little hairless little chick <laughs> in a pile of ashes and they're all like what the fuck and Sirius is like I want Sirius to pick him up it would be great Sirius goes over there and he's touching the ashes and he goes oh whoa 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 we got a, we got a problem <laughs> <laughs> That's really cracky, though. That is actually really cracky. I could not write that, and it wouldn't turn into crack. I would, that would be, like, it would just be crack from the start. That would be just fucking adorable and cute. Um, it'd be very cute crack. Um, it also brings up the idea that Harry is immortal, and he won't ever die. And that's really sad. That's one of the saddest fan theories I ever read, where it basically said that when Harry killed Voldemort, he gave up his opportunity to die. And that means he'll live forever. And he'll never be reunited with his family. That's like the most pitiful thing I ever read. <laughs> it just makes me really good. Okay, so... <clears throat> Phoenix... But if he's not truly immortal, then would he survive a killing curse? Because isn't it the phoenix's immortality that makes them regenerate? If I make him a phoenix and he goes to dust and he's in the alley and James and Lily turn on Voldemort immediately then Voldemort's spirit can't go through Harry later. Which I like the idea of. So we have death. Bargain. See, death bargain. Phoenix. Um, maybe a dragon. Maybe a special kind of dragon. The question is, is how fast would he grow up? <laughs> would he be just like a tiny baby all over again? <laughs> or, or would he grow up fast? Or would he be like, be a baby for months or years or have to regrow over again? Um, a phoenix, what, lasts like, what, a week before they mature? 
would he have that kind of maturation or um, fast like a bird? Oh. Oh, that's brilliant. Oh, God, that is absolutely brilliant. That is, that's it, that's it. That is absolutely it. Yeah, parcel magic. Immune to the killing curse. I like that a lot because um, it will also be a really good reason for um, Hiro Ito to come to Britain um, and kind of put a stamp on the boy who lived crap and say, hey, actually, it's pretty fucking common, you assholes. This is this is what it is. <clears throat> is that... Dark says um, it was a healing spell as well as all the other unforgivables. Is that fanon or canon? Because I've read that in a story once, but I don't remember it in the books. It's an interesting fanon. Um, I like it a lot. But I'm going to go with Parcel Magic. Parcel Mouse are immune to the killing curse. I do like that idea about the unforgivables being um healing um healing curses at one time. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> okay, so that's my first part. Now the question becomes again. I have to. I'm, I still haven't answered my my question about the uh, structure of my story. Um, normally, honestly, before I start plotting, I already know my structure. Like I knew going into Sentinels of Atlantis that I was going to write in episode form, um, but I did no planning on this before I started the show, so I wouldn't. Um, I didn't want to start planning without you guys, so I didn't do. All, all I asked myself was the question. Um, so I haven't decided on my structure and normally I would have already decided on my structure. Uh, the only instance where I made a decision to change it after the fact was with Ties That Bind. Ties That Bind was originally one big, just one big fucking giant novel. Um, and I broke it up into episodes, um, when I realized I was actually writing it that way, but I wasn't formatting it that way. Um, so it became... Um, that particular thing. It does have a soap opera opera formula. Um, and there is a beginning, a middle, and an end. So I could do a series of um, novellas. Because 35K is a pretty huge episode. But so was the first episode of um, uh, Sentinels of Atlantis. It was quite huge because it was setting up the rest of the series. Um, 
Of course, I did 50K for the season finale of season one. Um, <clears throat> but if I do episodes, I think that that would mean that I would have my next episode would start to be in the past. And I, I agree that I think it would be better in a novella situation. So, um, because of the length and because of the way that this first story is structured, if I do a novella serial format, I can do the next novella. Um, I can start it with Harry being sorted. Or with the birth of his sister. Or with him going to Japan or something to study for the summer with Hiro Ito. Um, And if I did it in novella format, I could move around. Like, I could do a novella here where I have Harry in Japan with Hiro Ito when he's seven or eight, um, learning about parcel magic. And then I could do another episode, or an, an, another novella where um, Lily's getting used to having two kids at home and James is trying to figure out this whole patron mess and Dumbledore's plotting whatever the fuck he's plotting. And you just go at it that way and which means that if I'm going to do that I have to make sure that when I'm writing the first novella that I build in the elements I need for the rest of the novellas to make them connected so I absolutely have to introduce Hiro Ito before the end of this novella I have to introduce the uh, parcel magic concept. I have to introduce the goblins offering um, patronage to James Potter. Um, I have to have the new minister in place. I have to reveal Peter as a traitor. Something has to be done to Snape. Will he get away with it because he was a spy? What happened to Barney Crouch Jr.? Maybe he slots into the DMLE. <laughs> That's scary as fuck. Oh, we definitely have to have a scene where Lily just cusses Severus Snape the fuck out. Just, just owns him. And maybe curses the shit out of him when no one's looking. Um, so all these things have to be... I have to build... Um, I kind of have to build little balconies off my main building so that I can house the stories that will come after it. There will be, you know, this hallway goes here, this hallway goes there. I have to build... Um, a foundation with this first story on how the other stories will take place. So when you're plotting, you need to um, keep in mind if this is going to be a uh, a single project or if it's going to be a novel or if it's going to be a series of novellas or if it's going to be a series of novels. Is it going to be um, 
told in an episode format. And if you go with an episode format, you it's really best to stick with a single event and the ramifications thereof. Um, so there are too many events in this for this to actually be considered an episode. It it the the scope is too broad um too broad. I would have to actually if I was going to do this in episode format, it would probably be four or five episodes instead of just one. I don't know about Snape being a teacher at Hogwarts. I think I want Lily to be a teacher at Hogwarts, which means that I don't know. I think that Snape has to go to jail. But he got away with that whole spy trap crap the first time around. Is he going to be capable of it, of convincing the um, oh, well no he's not because Crouch Jr. Crouch Sr. is going to be the minister and Crouch and Crouch Sr. is a monster. Snape's going to jail. Because I don't see Crouch Jr. being all that um, interested, or Crouch Sr. being all that interested in listening to Dumbledore when he's the minister. Because as, as Julie said earlier in the chat, Crouch Sr. was really militant in his day before he got his, um, before he was basically cast, um, castrated because of his son's crimes. But if his son isn't it is up to the wisdom or not because they had nothing to do with um, Sirius going to jail yeah Crouch has got his own throne his own son <laughs> put in jail without a trial I really don't think Snape is going to fare well in a um, Right. I don't think Snape would... I think Snape would get pretty much the same treatment um, that Sirius got in... Um, Crouch Jr. appeared before... appeared in court, but I don't know if he actually got an entire outright trial. Because Harry sees it in a pensive. Ever how you say that word. So, either way, I think I'm going to put Snape in prison because um, when I have to include him in stuff and I bash him, I get um, hurtful comments from people. No, I'm not hurt. They're hurt. They're hurt by my treatment of Severus. So, um, if I just put him in jail, they'll be hurt, but it'll be like a hurt that it happens once and it won't happen repeatedly when I repeatedly bash him throughout the entire novella series. (laughs) I 
I really, um, one of the things that I really um, noticed about um, the British Ministry of Magic in the books is they really don't have trials. They have um, judiciary meetings where punishment is meted out. I mean, there's like no, there's no even evidence offered. There's no, it's just nothing. There's just nothing. Because Harry was tried and convicted of of violating the statute of secrecy before he even got there. I was so even if they got a trial, and I put that trial in quote finger quotes, they really didn't get a trial. <laughs> it was more like, "You're guilty. Here is your punishment." <laughs> We're here to discuss how you're going to be punished for what we've accused you of. And that is their trial process. So it's not really a trial. It's, a, like I said, a, a judiciary discussion of discipline. Anyways, I like the idea of uh, parcel magic making Harry immune to the killing curse. I like it a lot. Um, and that brings in Ito. So... I've plotted my first novella. The thing is, is I don't think they even use the true serum. Because if they did, then why wouldn't Sirius get a trial? Oh, here, let's dose she with true serum and see what happened. They don't. Marty Crouch Jr., he was just up there being crazy. Bellatrix, she just screamed in her little... Her little handcuff stand thing until they tossed her in Azkaban. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's not exactly justice they're uh, they're putting out there. So, okay. I've established my world with my first novella. I have to make sure I have little strings that I can pull to the story. Oh, I have no idea where the story's going to end. See, the thing is, is I didn't plan in advance. I really literally have no idea. Um, Claire asked in the chat room, where is the story going to end? Will it end when Harry's of age or after year one? Or what is the end point going to be? The question becomes is, what, whose story am I telling? Am I telling James and Lily's story? Or am I telling Harry's story? Because I could, in theory, do a series of novellas about James and Lily adjusting to their lives after this incident. And end their series of novellas the day they put Harry, um, Harry on the train for Hogwarts. And then if I wanted to, I could come back and do an arc two about Harry at Hogwarts. I like that idea a lot, actually. So, so that's what I'm going to do if... I write this. This is what it will be. That it will be a James and Lily series. And if I do um, a second arc, it will be about Harry and um, whatever pairing I decide to give him. And I have not made that choice at all. So please don't ask. Because um, I literally 
have no idea. Okay. Because this story will change a lot of things. Um, is Lucius Malfoy out, um, outed as a Death Eater? It, it won't be discovered in this first novella. Um, what happens when Sirius's grandfather dies um, in 1991? Uh, what's going to happen? Is he going to die sooner? Does he die later? Um, what did he die of? Is Sirius married? Does he have kids? Absolutely. These are all questions that I would have to explore and um, play with in the series of novellas that I did. And if I know myself like I do, I'd probably write ten of them. Because <laughs> I tend to write that way. and It's, it's a very rhythmic response to um, to my plotting process. And so um, the first arc would, would probably have ten parts or ten novellas. And... Um, I would have time to explore all those questions. And then um, the Harry Potter that ends up at Hogwarts would be nothing like the Harry Potter that ended up at Hogwarts in the books. Because he would be raised with siblings. He would be raised with um, his godbrother. What are the ramifications of Frank Longbottom pretending that Neville was a squib? Do James and Lily resent him for it? Or do they understand? I think they understand, but there could be, you know, you guys have got to stop singing that fucking song. Um, I have to decide um, what's going on with the Weasleys and what's going on with the Longbottoms and the Bones family. And there's just a whole bunch of different things that would um, come to pass. Um Is it canon or fanon that Lily is Neville's godmother? But it's canon that Alice was Harry's godmother. Okay. So I think I probably will make Lily Neville's godmother, um, and maybe that will uh, kind of resolve the uh, tension that I can see potential for that. That. That James and Frank made this decision as they were leaving Hogwarts. You know, Frank saying, I'm going to tell everybody that Neville's a squib. And James saying, okay, I'm taking Lily and we're leaving and goodbye. And just immediately leaving. Yeah, it is kind of mutual because what if Voldemort hadn't believed the rumors that Neville was a squib? It does leave him to focus on Neville. So, of course, Frank has to... alleviate that. There's, you know, I don't think, I don't think there's any room for tension between them. They're just going to have to... Um, Work it out. It, I don't think it would be a problem. I, I'm not sure I'd want to write it as a problem because it's just like saying, I, I wish your kid had been the target, which is kind of rude. It's terrible. Um, 
they both did exactly what they had to do to protect their families. And um, I don't think either set of parents is going to resent the others for what um, what went down and what eventually happened. Yeah, I think so. I think they're just going to be grateful that it's over, um, sort of, and, um, you know, not have to worry about it. And then in the sequels, I can go um, the Horcruxes with the Goblins. Um, yeah, I think I do want Frank to be, um, like, a noble as well. Um, I kind of want... Uh, Frank and James just to make a big old mess in the ministry just cause a whole bunch of havoc um, for allowing that situation to happen and for their kids to be in danger to begin with because the ministry didn't do a fucking thing to stop Tom Riddle when he first got started and they didn't do a fucking thing to stop Grindelwald uh, you know the, so uh, a fucking teacher at Hogwarts stopped the the last Dark Lord and It isn't like the DML. They didn't. They weren't doing a fucking thing. Dumbledore was just a fucking teacher at Hogwarts when he took down um, Grindelwald. I'm gonna make eventually. I think Augusta Longbottom is gonna be Minister of Magic. That amuses me. That really fucking amuses me. He was also born in the previous Dark Lord. That does put a a dirty little spin on it. I like the idea of um, they're not speaking, the unspeakables are not speaking, the magical cops are sitting on their ass. I mean, what else What else explains it? It, it, it doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, they're doing unspeakable things that had nothing to do with Preventing a dark lord. That's what I'm saying. I'm just... Anyways. <clears throat> so, yeah. So, that's how I... Um, that That's my first draft on a plot. That's what I do. I I ask myself a series of questions. I pull strings. I um, kind of like let my ideas go on little rants to see what's going to happen. I write down the parts that I like. I ignore the parts that I don't. I asked myself um, a whole bunch of questions. What if, what if, what if? And that's my first draft of my plot. And while I'm plotting, I write down character names. Um, I write down uh, topics I'll have to look into, uh, topics I'll have to research or develop headcanon for. Um, just doing all the things that I have to do to make it work for me and then I'll have to decide what OCs I'm going to need am I going to pull OCs from other projects or am I going to create new ones I've already pulled one original character from um, my other works to bring in Um, am I going to bring in more uh, are James and Lily going to fight having Harry trained in parcel magic? Are they going to embrace it? Is it going to make Sirius uncomfortable? Um, Amelia Bones is like 15 years older than Sirius, and Sirius is in his 20s right now and looking quite hot. I don't think she could catch just saying. She's actually a great deal older than him in canon. 
anyways, <clears throat> I think I'm going to do, um, I like the pairing that I have with Sirius and Isabel in um, Courting Hermione Granger. So I think I'll probably do that. Or I might do Zale, right, um, instead. Uh. <laughs> or a triad would be fun, too. Uh, that would be really fun. Um Lily be all after him to settle down and get married, and he'll be like, "These are my spouses, Isabel and Zale." <laughs> and she'll be like, <sighs> and "James will be like, you told him to get married. This is your fault. <laughs> he went out and got to." <laughs> Anyways. So that's how I do that, and I hope that that was interesting and helpful and um, that it wasn't too confusing, um, and uh, that uh, <laughs> that it wasn't too crazy and you were able to kind of um, keep up with what I was doing um, and uh, all that stuff. And so... Um, I uh, I had nothing else to talk about. Uh, I'm done. I can't believe I've talked this long, practically on topic the whole time. I'm really quite impressed with myself, and I hope you two are also impressed with myself. In me, impressed with me, impressed with me. Oh, you bitches are always impressed with me. Uh. Anyways, um, I would be very interested uh, to um, to know how you guys plot. So, um, if you wanted to go over to uh, the Rough Trade group and talk about it, that would be really fun. Or I could set up a, a comment page on Rough Trade and you guys could talk about how you plot things. That'd be kind of fun. Um, so I'll do that. I'll go over to Rough Trade after I finish the radio show, and I will make a topic, and I will link to this radio show, and you guys can respond to that topic and um, talk about how you plot, and we'll make it a page in the library so people can explore that. And maybe I'll do another plot work radio show podcast and invite another plotter on board to talk about how they plot. And um, we'll, we'll go from there. And so if you guys will go over there and do that, I'll be able to choose people. And if you're interested in being on the podcast as a guest to talk about your plot and how you do it, um, please put that in your comment as well. Um, we got 14 minutes left on my show, but I can hear the dulcet tones of my Siberian Husky in the background. Um, he is ready to go outside so <laughs> I'm gonna let you go before he starts howling and wakes up the man and um, you guys have a great week and I'll talk to you later shut up and sit down